Good day, good day, good day, EAJ1023 listener fans, and those of you that also listen to the A-Game on Spotify. Welcome to another amazing section of the A-Game. I am your host, Reverend Winston C. Trumpet, and I'm going to be with you for a minute as we start to talk about the different ways that we can make sure that our top priorities become our goals, and that we take the proper actions necessary and keep the right mentality to get rid of those excuses so that we can stay on top of our A game. Yes, this segment is uh, it's going to be kind of special to me. Um, I, it's going to be um, coming from a place of pain <laughs> that um, you'll understand in a few minutes as I get into the topic that I'm going to actually run for a while. Hello to everyone out there. I hope you all are doing well. Um, July 30th, a day, I'll never forget, July 30th, the year 2021. I was heading um, home from work. I got stuck in traffic on my motorcycle down in the downtown Manhattan area, right outside of the Holland Tunnel on Houston Street, a few blocks out for there. And I ended up getting rear-ended by a car and my whole life changed in seconds. Just sitting there, I was thinking about on my bike, uh, we were stuck there by the light about three or four times the light had changed and we hadn't moved forward and there was no threats or anything around me. I was actually thinking ahead to the day tomorrow would be would have been uh, the day after Saturday. I was going to go for a, a motorcycle ride with a friend of mine's up to Finger Lakes and man, we we're so looking forward to those nice soft um, blacktop roads in that scenic area and that's what was on my mind and next thing I know from behind me, I didn't see it coming. All I knew is next thing I know, I was up under my bike. Uh, long story short, uh, the car had that's two things that happened behind me that I didn't know. The car behind me moved out and the car behind him stood still. And the car next to that car tried to rush over and fill in the space that was empty by the car and behind me and ended up running into me. Um, and that's how I ended up with a broken pelvis, internal bleeding, um, fractured left foot. Um, some damage done to the apparatus that was in my knee from a full knee replacement I had had. And yeah. It was a, a, a very, 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 very uh, horrible. I ended up staying in the hospital for almost uh, 20 days. I had three operations. And right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm still not able to walk. I am on crutches. Um, I do get back and forth. I even get down to my job um, for a couple of days that I can stay on. I can't stay on my feet very long. And to say, you know, the least, it turned my whole life around. I mean, and so my, my, my topic today has to deal with what I learned. Um, you know, I've always been one who talked about um, not quitting when things get rough or else you'll never see the goals that you get set for you if you give up just because... Uh, things happen. Um, and we all know that we could be with the best intentions and go forward in life and things just happen. And so I, over, over the time of my life, I've learned to be very persistent and to let perseverance get, you know, done in me by the trials. You know, the book of James tells us to count, um, all of our tries, trials as joy, for we know that they're the testing of our faith. And that the testing of our faith produces perseverance, which makes us ready to handle everything. And I have the perseverance. And, you know, through these days of pain, some extreme pains that I haven't ever felt in my life, you know, the pain of the surgery itself, the pain of the body having to heal back after the surgery, the nerve damage and 
all that the days of pain, pain, pain. Oh my goodness, pain, pain to this very minute. What do you do? And so even though I can persevere, persevering in pain all that time changed. I needed something else and I found it. I found the other thing that was another ingredient necessary for us to be able to enjoy the, um, not, not the journey, not enjoy, but endure in such a way that we don't come out of it more um, un, unable to be able to handle the rest of things that life has for us, right? So I had some adjustments to make in my attitude a little bit. And uh, I want to talk to you for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to stay on this topic until I, I wear it out. <laughs> um, I want to talk to us a little bit about uh, the topic of resilience. Write that word down. We're going we're gonna to be on it for a minute. We're going we're gonna to look at this coping skill for the next couple of weeks because that's what um, this accident and the way it changed my life around and my perspective of things and the priorities um, changed. Um, so I want to talk about strengthening our coping skills so that we're ready for anything because the Bible says we could be ready for anything if this thing perseverance kind of does its perfect work because we all get buffeted by life's ups and downs, but we can choose not to let them get the better of us. We can, we can learn to expect the unexpected and to prepare ourselves for the worst. And in, in days like these, resilience is what makes the difference between keeping your cool or losing it, keeping focused on your goal or stopping. And so these next, uh, next, next segments of the show, I hope will help you in your tough times as they have helped me and, uh, you know, in mine, I'm going to share my mind, I'm going to share the principles, I'm going to share my attitudes about it, you know, and you'll hopefully discover how to take control keep positive and and well and bounce back even stronger i'd like to say that this segment will be how the thing that came to 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 knock you off your 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 goal actually set you on your right path right and that's what it is it's like sometimes we have to remember that our setbacks can be our setup for our comeback and that's what this is this is using a setback as a setup for your comeback and in order to do that you have to persevere and you have to be resilient when you boost your resilience you'll set yourself up to thrive no matter what life throws at you at least from the perspective that i'm going to share with you there's some things i'm sure that we can say no never come back but i'm just going to give you a quick summary today of uh, what we're going to cover um having resilience is like um uh, it's it's a tool inside your toolkit Right. It's a tool inside your toolkit that allows you to um, to to have it ready, even when you don't even know you need it, even when you don't when you when you don't even know that you need it. So um, when I look at, at the way I'm going to spread this out, because I kind of wrote down like a little um kind of like an agenda on how I'm going to cover as much in this topic as I'd like to. So here's some of the points that I'm going to cover over the next few weeks, because having resilience is about acknowledging that we live in a volatile world and being ready for tough times. It's about being resourceful and embracing challenges when they arise and seizing the opportunity to rebuild so that you can snap back stronger than before by preparing diligently. We can lay up a solid foundation for when things don't go to plan. Uh, after all, we'll struggle to deal with the unexpected. And if you're already stretched to the max because you've no reserve to call on, that is what where we do not want to find ourselves being uh, 
you know, buffeted by so many things in life that one more thing comes along and that breaks the camel's back. In order to do that, we have to understand that it's our responsibility to prepare for the unexpected um, as much as we can. Um, and and we, we think like that, don't we? Who here is going on a trip, um, you know, beyond their regular daily commute in their car and doesn't make sure that they have a spare tire? And they want to make sure they have the spare tire and the jack please. I've had times when I had the spare tie, I had the jack, but I didn't have the lug wrench in there. And trying to get that thing up with a screwdriver, a piece of wood, those things just, just make the job terribly hard. But anyway, we, we do prepare for things that we unexpected. We hope we don't get a flat tire, but we know that the possibility of getting one is then that we can actually do something that if it happens, we can end up with it not being as bad as not having the tools to be able to uh, take care of that situation and turn it into an opportunity to, you know, get yourself back on the road. So when we prepare Dimsy, what you do is you uh, lay a solid foundation for when things don't go to plan. After all, um, we all struggle. Like I said, we're going to deal with the unexpected. And if we're already stretched to the max, uh, we have no reserves to call on. So when we prepare on a personal level, we can assure ourselves that we're ready to cope with crises when they arise. So how can I say it? It's crucial to have a clear idea of what you need to achieve um, in your job, um, in your ministry, um, in the other areas of responsibility in your life to be self-confident and positive. And the way that you feel about a setback more than anything else will determine how you handle it. And positive thinking will help to steer you through the storm. Now, I'm not talking about fake thinking, saying, oh, it's not that bad. Um, it didn't hurt. No, it is that bad. And it hurts more than I care to say. But I am not going to let this stop me from accomplishing the things that I can do, even in this pain. See, and, and I found that we won't, I wouldn't have been able to bounce back emotionally and psychologically the way I have so far um, without having a good support team or a good support system that'll help to make you through the tough times. You don't have to push yourself to the limit when you have people you can rely on. Their support allows you to conserve your personal resources so you can stay calm and focused and make good decisions while you get through the situation. And so um, I like to say that proper preparation prior to presentation prevents poor performance. And I say that to say that planning is the big part of being prepared, right? You, you will be less likely to be caught out caught up on our setbacks when we actively identify and plan for them and you can respond to them quickly and minimize the impact and of course you can't predict every eventuality but having some contingency plans ready means that you're not starting from scratch in situations that may happen now crises can blow up suddenly and unexpectedly some crises you can see coming if they tell you that they're downsizing and that everybody's going to be losing their job in two weeks okay you got two weeks to find another job, right? And it happens suddenly, unexpectedly. You, you don't know, you can't do nothing about it. Illnesses, health, accidents, all of these things hit us when we least expect it. And the more prepared we are to handle some things um, that may come about in life, it's the uh, it makes it easier um, because you're stronger and more confident because you, you're aware the way you're positioned in the situation, right? So, 
the 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 thing about it is that it's important not to panic, keep a clear head when when a crisis does happen. It isn't easy. It'll take um in in intestinal fortitudes, right? But but you'll be more likely if you can um to to know how to not panic. You'll see it through when you respond with care and composure. All right, and it all comes down to the aftermath right? Once the situation happens, that's a done deal. Now we have to deal with the aftermath and recovering the aftermath of, of a crisis is key to preparing for the next situation that can come um, to you. You can be tempted to continue on the adrenaline high, but you need to acknowledge your feelings to celebrate your survival and to calm down and take it all in and put it in perspective. And the next question is, what's my next move from here? Only then can we regroup, learn from the situation and nurture growing our resilience. Um, that That's what I uh, kind of come to conclusion to. And so just like with anything else, they say, like, uh, be careful what you pray for, because you just might get it. You know, if you ask God for patience, watch out, you know, because uh, those kind of character um, development um, things um, have to happen to you in order for you to be prepared for it. You can't, you know, you have to be in an in, impatient situation so that you can practice being patient in it, because that's the only way to get good at being patient. Right. So we, we ask for something and then the situations in life come along that actually develop them. We're like, oh, no, that is not what I signed up for. So if like me, you want to be more resilient, you want to be a person who meets difficulties head on and deals with them. But how do you fulfill your current obligation? Because this was what happened to me as I laid there in the hospital. How do I fulfill my current obligations to um, those that I work with as, as part of a staff and also with my, my individual clients and customers, um, my customer base, my, my, my church family and my responsibilities to them, my, and my, my family, my wife, my children, um, you know, how how do I fulfill my current obligations to them and attend to this emerging health crisis and in the middle of it maintain good physical and psychological health? That's a doozy because if I don't have the answers to those questions, that means I'm just going to go crazy. Okay, that's the answer to that. All this happening, I'm just going to lose it. I'm just going to go crazy. They'll understand. If they were going through it, anybody going through it, we'll go crazy too, right? Well, no, we, we're going to be people who, who have a, a greater handle on our emotions than that because resilient people tend to have, um, I guess I'd say we have a problem solving or a can-do attitude. Um, we find ourselves capable of rising to a challenge even when it's unexpected. We don't dwell on failure, but acknowledge the situation happened, learn from our mistakes, and move forward. We've done this long enough that it's become not what we do, but who we are. Um, we knew that every situation that came along life so far has given us an opportunity to grow um, better instead of bitter, right? And we used it for that. We used it to get better. You know, here's a word of warning, though. It's not like I'm resilient, I can make it through anything. Resilience is not about doing it all like yourself when a crisis hits. As a matter of fact, the likely outcome of th that approach is, is stress, poor decision-making, and eventual burnout. And we'll talk about how important it is to, to relieve a lot of stressors in our life by assigning parts of our responsibilities, let me say, to others who can do them better. 
so that we can be freer to do the things that we do well the best we can, right? So we we, we want to avoid pitfalls with a little forethought and preparation, and we can. And, and, and this way we can give ourselves the best chance of success in turbulent times. The coping strategies that I'm going to talk to you about for the next uh, couple of weeks, as I said, will, will help you to remain cool, calm, and controlled in a crisis. And, and time out afterward will allow you to recover, learn from our experiences, we'll emerge stronger than we were before because of it. Like if that didn't happen, we wouldn't have gotten this good or gotten this much better, right? And we'll talk about how the, the, the power to see the long view of life and look back at life and say, you know, most of those things that happened that I thought was going to kill me actually created me, actually built me up and made me the person that is uh, standing in front of you today, right? It's about preparing yourself because you, we can cope in difficult times and function smoothly if we're stable and certain to begin with. If we already have a game plan for that, it's just like a football team. You know, they don't stop and cry when the guy when they get tackled and they didn't make it all the way down the field. No, they just huddle up in the middle because they planned for what if we get stopped, what we're going to do, we, how we going to start from there. Because that becomes a question, not how do we get to where we're going, but how do we get there from here becomes the question. How do we get there now that we can't walk? How can we get there now that you're in pain? How can you get there now that you lost your job, um, that your child is acting up? How can you get there from here? Because if we start changing our plans according to every mishap um, or, or, or uncontrollable thing that comes into our life, we'll end up going nowhere and regretting it. And time moves so fast. And next thing you know, you're looking back over your life with regret and wishing that I had taken the opportunity to do this or that. And it's too late. You see, and so what we want to do is we want to, um, you know, things that we want to identify that you need to achieve um, in, in, your, in, in your life so that we can be clear about what we have to concentrate on and what we can ignore. And we'll think about how um, we can manage the stress and, and all the tasks that we still have to do, um, help us to uncover reserves of energy and time to deal with the unexpected successfully by adapting um, how we go through our day, how we use our strength, how we use our resources um, physically, you know, how much we, how, how, what pace we need to set in order to make it through, right? And, and from there, um, I guess it's going to be time to pay attention to your confidence, um, thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs, and remembering that that we don't have to go it alone. I think that's one of the most important things um, that you can see yourself. Um, if you look at the people in your life, you can see that there are people there that can be a strong support network at home, at work, and in, in the church, you know, at your, you know, sports activities that you participate in and whatever, and you'll put your self-care center stage. Um, and that's that's what happened for me. Self-care became center stage so that I have a firm physical and mental foundation to serve the Lord with all that I have to give. And, and that's what I have to say about that. All right? Wow. Uh, yeah. And of course, um, some of the things that I've already spoken about on the show do come come into play um, because we're going to look at, you know, not just 
saying I have a plan, but how about um, taking a look at preparing our plan? Take time to consider what threats we face and what consequences could be. Um, Thinking the unthinkable in this way will help us to manage the risk and to protect ourselves if uh, things do unravel um, in life, right? I mean, there's these uh, Piahu, I forgot the name of the show, but anyway, they're Doomsday doomsday what they anyway they're preparing for doomsday like putting away water putting away you know canned food and stuff in a bunker because uh yeah and we might think they're crazy but if we know them that day and that thing does happen guess who house we'd be running to right <laughs> oh man so listen um we we have to there, there has to be these things we just might call them plan b's i call them contingency plans right and communication plans and identify opportunities to practice emergency scenarios so that they no longer paralyze us um you know whether it's a fire drill um at your workplace that gets you prepared for things sometimes i think banks might if you work at a bank they might do practice holdups so that you won't be you know 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 what to do if a real one does happen i know being trained in the military that that's all we do to prepare for war is practice war practice war practice war right practice war situation practice getting gas practice getting bogged down in a in a in a muddy train for three days with no food to eat you know um we prepare for those things because they might could happen and when they happen it's better that it won't be the first time that we're encountering it at that moment that actually happened with me as i was riding my motorcycle you know um i rode my motorcycle in inclement weather on purpose like it was raining and wind was blowing and i went out and i rode my bike um intentionally so that that will so that the next storm that comes won't be my first one you know, I learned how far I could see ahead by braking distance, you know, what safe speeds are like, how visible I am to other cars, took all those things into consideration. And lo and behold, yes, as I'm riding one day, all of a sudden the weather changed on me. I was riding my bike down to Georgia, weather changed on me. And next thing I know, I was in a road, uh, a raging rain for about the next five to 10 miles. But due to having ridden on purpose into rainstorms, I felt a lot more confident. I had the equipment that I needed as far as to throw on my body to make sure that I maintained um, my dryness and uh, kind of really enjoyed that part of the ride too, you know? So preparing, being prepared for things makes all the difference. So I, I want to take some time during um, these segments to um, do a couple of things. Um, one is to prepare contingency and communication plans and identify different opportunities, like I said, um, to practice these different emergency scenarios. Um, and, and being resilient means to be like top heavy in favor of preparation. You know, the more you're prepared, the better you'll cope with adversities when they come. Um, the, 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 two preparation sections. I'm going to do like two preparation sessions. Um, It'll take a couple of sessions to complete, um, but I'll talk to you about it so we can set aside blocks of time um, when you won't be distracted, you know, probably during these half hour segments. So like I said, be be ready to to, to deal with this situ- this this topic of resiliency or bouncing back or whatever it is um, that we're talking about here as, as part of a progressive um, learning. So bring your pens and pencils with you on, on, on Sunday mornings. Um, if you want to continue, there'll be lots of opportunities and lots of things said 
that you might want to take note of, right? So as, as we progress throughout this, the way I see it, um, we'll think about how you would cope when things don't go to plan. We'll discover the relationship between pressure and stress before learning techniques for managing our own emotions. Because when, when you're in the midst of crisis, our adrenaline is high. We dig deep into our personal resources. And when it's over, you need a recovery period, you know? So as we go through the, 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 the process and these different sessions, we'll explore how to manage the aftermath of a crisis, which I'm in the middle of now, right? I'm still, and I'm, I'm learning as I go, and, but I also have learned some things and I'll keep you updated on all, on all of them, right? And we'll just want to consider how to, you know, review the situation, learn from it, and probably teach others how to get through it without causing near as much stress or harm um, that could come to them because you've already went through it and you could share the, uh, the ins and outs, the ups and downs in the safest ways through, right? And this is a, the time to, for praise. You know, when we stop to review the situation and look and it's behind us, it's time to praise. It's time for rebuilding relationships and, and, and getting on with your A game, you know, keeping um, your plan. You're still getting there. You're just getting there from here now, you know? Um, and finally, I think we'll bring this all together by laying out um, what I think I'll call our, our resiliency um, toolkit. No, I'll, I'll say resilience action plan, right? Um, what course of action will help us to deal with difficulties more effectively? You know, and we're going to talk about really, really, really um, what I would say are very practical things. Um, they're not theoretical. They're actually real things like, you know, preparing ourselves for the death of a loved one, you know, um, for our children's education, um, for our edu future education, you know, preparing yourself for retirement, you know, preparing yourself. You know, these are things that we hope that we live as we live. We have to, you know, see coming different parts of our life and being prepared for them, right? Um, financially, emotionally, with, with some kind of plan about it. But then there's those unexpected things. And those unexpected things end up being disastrous because they came out of nowhere. We we're nowhere in, in prepare, preparation for it. It's like a storm hit and the weather service didn't get the news for us in time to board up the windows and dig trenches out. And we just got hit full force with, with, with the power of the, the ocean and the winds again against us and we want to survive we want to make it we 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 but we don't want to do um, harm to ourselves by by doing the wrong thing in the middle of it you know sometimes when we are not in control of our emotions you go running and jump out a window and it would have been safer to stay right there you know um, because you died jumping out the window um, you were too high up in the ground but if you had stayed there you could have weathered the storm and so with that, um, that's what I'm going to do for the next couple of weeks. So prepare yourself. It's so good to, to still be here um, in your midst. Um, you know, it could have turned out much differently, but God said no. Mercy said no. Thank you, Mercy. <laughs> Mercy jumped in and said no. It's not the time. And God still has, I believe, some work for me to continue to do before he calls me home to be with him, at least for today. And so I want to thank all the um, listeners on EAJ 1023, um, our our online radio station is popping you gotta listen into all the different shows that we have go um just go online google us www.eaj1023radio.com and uh, see the different um sets that we do throughout the week um also you can also listen to the A-Game on Spotify now. So if you missed a segment or two, um, just go on Spotify and put in my name. Winston. If you start with Winston Trumpet, it'll 
probably bring up the A game because that's what it'll, it'll bring up the A game and you can catch up on any of the old ones or uh, re-listen to, to one that inspired you along the way. All right. So thank you so much, Eddie. Oh, as always, always thank you for the platform. My EAJ 1023 families, my new listeners on Spotify now. Um, God bless you. And as I always like to say, be blessed on purpose be blessed intentionally because ain't no stopping us now. We just, we, we, you shouldn't have never let us get started because now that we're started, there's no way that we're going to stop. We're going to keep on moving and moving and moving and moving until uh, somebody say no, that we can't do no more. Right. And that hasn't happened yet. So by God's grace and to everyone, I bless you and look forward to you uh, being uh, part of the EAJ1023 family, the A-game fan for the rest of the upcoming weeks as we head into these holidays, y'all. God bless you. And like I said, be blessed intentionally. You're already blessed. Now be blessed intentionally. You know one of the best ways to be blessed? Bless somebody else. Good day to you, each and every one. I know I've got my listeners from EAJ 1023 on on this Sunday morning. Looking forward to a great day ahead. I'm so excited to be with you guys today, all of my listeners. Hey, Eddie, and all of the listening fans out there to WWWEAJ 23 Radio. And for keeping us um, on top of your mind. And we hope that we never disappoint you with bringing you some of the top quality DJs and people who help out with different aspects of just, you know, our survival as human beings on here. You know, you got people that are praying um, constantly and sharing different methods for coming out of debt and just being positive, giving some positive influence. So I love being part of the EAJ 1023 family. Um, So I decided that I'm going to kind of end this year with a series focusing on resilience. Um, This is part three, actually. If you didn't hear parts one or two, um, you can go on my Spotify, go on Spotify, and you can just put my name, Winston Trumpet, in, and it'll pull up what's called what's called the A game. And what it is is the recordings of some of the past shows and all of the all of this series is going to be on there for sure. There's about 10, 12 others, you know, that you can, you know, on demand kind of uh, past past uh, episodes that I had done. So you could check me out on Spotify and get those so you can follow through with these. But the reason why I came to the um, conclusion that, uh, or I gained the insight for this is that motorcycle accident I had that left me uh, discombobulated for a good couple of months now. Actually, in my fourth month now of, you know, not being able to walk without crutches and go through all the pain and the medications and uh, all all the stuff that comes along with it. And still, um, the question to me was, I still have to be on my A game. You know, life hasn't stopped, so I can't stop. Um, but how do I get through this? And so I know that I have endurance. Um, that's been proven to me um, over the years. I, I have great endurance, but for this situation, I required something more, a whole nother level. And what I found was a word that I hardly ever used to describe myself, um, but I found that I'm also learning to be resilient. 
And that's where all of this goes. We're going to start talking a bit about, for the next few weeks, I'm going to focus on resilience and what it means to us and how having resilience is actually one of the keys to making sure that we get the most out of our life, the most out of every situation, and still come out on top top, without losing a step, without losing a beat, okay? So um, the way I'm doing this, the resilience um, discussions, um, I started talking to you about how we're going to prepare ourselves for it because I know it might seem like, okay, preparing for the unexpected may seem contradictory, right? Just, just how can you plan for something that you don't know is going to happen? Well, let's take a reality check and take a look at life. And there are things that you hope don't happen, but might happen. So developing resilience is a bit like um, training to run a marathon. Most of the hard work is done in the months before the big race. And just like a marathon runner, you need to ensure that you're in good shape before you approach the start line. This means having the internal and external resources plus the reserves of energy and time to handle the unexpected. And these we can all do in preparation. So your preparation for becoming more resilient involves looking inward at ourselves. For example, where am I with my self-confidence and positivity and outwards into the workplace, into the ministry, into the household. And these things should include your goals, your activities and your support network all at the same time. So I'm going to focus most of um, this conversation um, toward an area, let's say workplace. I think that's a common area, different than the home and different from the ministry or the church. But I want to kind of use the workplace as the place that I'm using to set these goals. Um, but it can also be exercised into any other area of your life because having a clear idea of where you're heading means that you're not going to be blown off course by every wind. You know, this will give you a clear focus when you have goals and show you when to say no is the most appropriate thing for you to do. And that's something we have to understand that we'll, we'll take a look at that um, kind of goals that you can set for yourself in the workplace. And then we'll look at our ability to manage stress because no matter how clear we are about our goals, crises have a habit of throwing up obstacles to achieving them. And simple tools like a stress diary and activity logs allow us to improve our stress management skills and to clear space for dealing with the unexpected. Um, I'm, the way I'm ordering this, and you know what, I'm telling you this today and all this might turn around, but I want to look at how acknowledging your past achievements can help you to develop self-confidence. Confident people are generally more positive and resilient. So working on your own self-confidence is extremely important. And when you're confident, you're in a good place to be able to hone your positive thinking. However, confident and positive you are, though, you can't go through tough times alone, nor should you. So I'll give you some advice about creating and maintaining good support networks for just in case stuff happens and life, you know, stuff does happen when we least expect it. And when you don't have strong relationships, we may not get the support that we need and our resilience can falter because you just need somebody to hold you up. Sometimes it could get tiring, right? Okay, so there's going to be, um, I think my wrap up will be like uh, taking good care of yourself, your physical, emotional and mental well-being as essential to building up your resilience and setbacks and crises become more manageable when you feel strong, fit and confident. So I hope you enjoy this journey for the next few weeks. Um, you'll have a better understanding of how resilient you currently are once you've completed it. Right. So a good question to ask you is like, how resilient are you? <laughs>
Um, I think there's some uh, different tests you can take um, online. Um, just put on resilience tests and they'll give you some, you know, some uh, with the drop downs so you can choose what your answer is and you can actually assess your resilience before you start your journey. And I think that that would be awesome for some of you to do just in between now and the next um, session that you hear from me. Okay. All right. Everything moving right along. Now, even though I'm talking about resilience, there's so much inside of what I've already started to lay down here on this, um, on, on these segments, because I talk about setting goals, um, a number of times in many different aspects. And it's more to get the, the, the idea across that moving forward without a solid plan or a set of goals is one of the most idiotic things that we can do when we don't play any games without knowing how to win. So why play the game of life without knowing how to win that when it's the most important game of all? You see, um, most resilient people have a clear mission and goals and are committed to achieving them. The goals, they guide and they direct us. They should help us to make good decisions, provide yardsticks for our progress, and encourage us to work towards something that's defined and tangible. And your goals are there to support the mission, the bigger overall purpose of your organization, your ministry, or your home. Unfortunately, some of the goals around the workplace can be confusingly vague or frustratingly irrelevant. Let me say that again. Confusingly vague or frustratingly irrelevant. Like you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing. You know you're supposed to be doing something, so I'm going to try this. And they might involve possible impossible deadlines or unhelpful measures or processes that lead to more work than is necessary to get a job done. And these things drain your energy and your enthusiasm. But for your own personal goals... Um, I, I talk about in a couple of uh, sessions back, I talk about setting SMART goals, SMART being an acronym for your goals to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound, and make them clear, attainable, and meaningful. And this means that you can develop the motivation, the plans, and the support that you need to achieve them. Now, when, when you have a clear idea of what your most important goals are in your job, what's your important goals are in your church, what's the important goals are in your household. It becomes easier to distinguish the urgent from the important when a crisis hits. A great ability to identify the tasks that you must focus on and those that you can safely ignore prepares you for potential setbacks and makes you more resilient when they strike because you haven't wasted energy on things that don't give you, let's say, um, the best bang for the buck, so to say. You, that if you had worked on this priority instead, it would have knocked out a couple of other little minor subdivision goals that would have gotten done, right? So you can work along with me, um, with another coach, with uh, someone that you trust that is actually doing what you're asking them to do. Like if somebody, if you're trying to get yourself set up financially, don't ask somebody who's in debt, you know, and not even caring. You know, you ask for someone who fixed their credit, who um, went through what it took in order for them to get better, then they can help you or give you some solid advice on that. You can identify important goals in your life and the tasks you need to do to achieve them by looking at your job description, um, looking at your ministry um, description, um, just talking about your different roles in the house, right? Um, you, can, you can read your organization's mission statement and understand its business strategy and think about your day-to-day -day work or your other responsibilities, even in the home or like I said, in the church or in the ministry. So far, so good. And I can't speak enough about goals. You know, it was it was setting goals and understanding how to use those as tools because 
even God set down goals. You know, he didn't just finish everything and say, let there be world. And there was world. He had a plan. He had a schedule in the morning and the evening was the first day. And he saw that it was good. Right. And so he showed us from the beginning of the opening that there's a beginning to things that he starts. And there's a, a, a process toward accomplishing these things. You look and you'll see processes all the way through the, the whole of scripture. OK, so. Once we start taking goals seriously and, t and hanging on to them until we succeed them, one of the things that come along with new goals is new stress. That's right. New stress. <laughs> See, one of, the, um, one of the key benefits of becoming clear about your goals is that you reduce the potential for stress. See, now you know that your objective, that now that you know what your objectives are, you'll experience less stress about where to focus your attention when times are trouble because you can see some places to be prepared, you know? The, the nature of a crisis means that you'll be drawing on your physical and mental resource to get yourself and your team or your church through it. And there's no doubt that, man, that managing during a crisis involves increased stress. If you tend to get stressed, when little things happen, you need to learn how to handle it much better because there's big things ahead in your life that can break you if you're not uh, prepared to handle the stress of the matter. And you don't have to do it yourself. You know, to keep yourself balanced, remind yourself that you're resilient, that you have ample resources to deal with any situations. Remember, though, that you also have limitations. So do prioritize, delegate, or ask for help. Remember, when it comes to stress, it's, there's some very severe health problems that go along with it. In extreme cases, even death. So while some of the techniques we talk about have shown to have a positive effect on reducing stress there for guidance only, you should take the advice of a suitably qualified health professional if you're feeling unwell through stress or significantly or persistently unhappy or depressed, all right? There are people whose specialty is doing that, loving Christians who are in the field too, so do do that until you get to see somebody though i find that built up stress um happens by keeping things internally and not really um letting things out so one of the ways especially if you have trust issues that you can get it out of yourself is believe it or not just keeping what i'd call for this uh segment a stress diary so you know what stress is like most people we've experienced it often enough right but have you ever tried to pinpoint the situations that make you feel the most stressed and kind of like know what they are and develop a plan to deal with them when they come because they are coming? <laughs> See, this is when keeping a stress diary can be a good idea. You record the stresses that you experience as you experience them so that you can analyze the causes, identify your optimum level of pressure and see where you need to improve your stress management skills. This gives you the capacity to deal with a crisis when it occurs without it completely melting you down. The essence of resilience is that after it's all said and done, you're still the last man standing. Take, take some time. Seriously, take some time in between now and next week and, and reflect on incidents that have caused you a lot of stress. Why they happened, how well you handled them, and how you feel. Write your thoughts on a paper with columns um, whichever way you want to set it up, your diary, day, time, episode, whatever, and start analyzing your di diary after you've got a several days worth of entries. Um, first, identify your most common stressors and the most unpleasant ones 
and the consistent ones that come along all the time. What's their causes, right? Work through their causes to assess how you well you dealt with them. Or maybe you're not dealing with them is the problem. You need to just address it and get it out of the way. No stress, no more, because it's not there anymore. And I think that using this diary has helped me to find patterns or repeated problems that I need to fix. So I try brainstorming ways that I can change these situations for the better, especially since they're constantly happening. I must be responsible for some of it. And so I'm going to find the part I'm responsible for and do something about it. It's also worth um, sometimes the reason why we have so much stress is because we put like a, a black and white on every situation when there's something called a middle ground where you can like kind of just say, OK, this is where I'm willing to settle for right here. You know, it doesn't have to get fixed all the way or it doesn't have to get super duper, you know, done um, but right here in this middle ground right here, I can accept it. And from this place, I can come up with other ideas. I don't feel any stress. I think I can move forward from here, right? This is for those places where you felt under pressure, but managed to perform well in the midst of it. And you'll find out more about the relationship between pressure and stress um, a little later when I talk to you about that, okay? All right. So getting getting, getting um, kind of forward with, with this uh, teaching here, um, along with keeping... And these are some of the things that, that I exercised myself in dealing with this stressful couple of months that just went past. I mean, everything that I'm saying to you now are tools that I use to get through these past couple of ooh, very painful physically, emotionally, psychologically, um, you know, healing from this uh, fracture pelvis. So not just keeping like a diary, but kind of like even more so if you want to go a little bit deeper into it, like an activity log. Now, what's cool about these things is that everybody has a cell phone and everybody has this note taker on it. And that's the space you can use for these things. You know, um, since you use your phone all day and it's with you all day, it's a good place to keep the things that you want to remind yourself that you're working. I remember intentionality is what's extremely important because the things that I'm talking to you about, the truth is that you've heard them before. I'm not saying anything new because it's nothing new under the sun and some of the tips and uh you know uh tips and systems and and operation operatives that i've given you to use and to apply you've heard them before but what the problem has been is that you've never stuck with it long enough for it to stop being what you do and start being who you are you, you hear what i'm saying that you stop these things being what you do and they become who you are instead of the you know i'm trying to you know be a better organized person. No, I now am an organizer. I'm not doing organization. I am organized, right? We want to get to that place. All right. So keeping an activity log, like a written record of how you use your time, um, is something that I challenge you to do too. You know, when you build up an accurate picture of what you do at work, how you spend your time, you can target your efforts where they're most needed. Because at the end of the day, we all need more time. And unfortunately, there's no more time available. You know, the 24 hours that we wake up with, that's the day. You're not going to get an extension on the hours. It'll all have to transpire into another day. One day at a time is all that we have. And some of us need to even break it down and see that we only have moments uh, throughout the day. Right. So the reason for putting down this um, this uh, action log is so that you can identify low value and non-core activities and keep them to a minimum. Or eliminate them completely so that you can create the time and capacity to deal with problems without becoming completely overwhelmed by them because there's so many little 
other things that we just didn't take care of. It's simple to keep an activity log. Just make a start with with one on the on the next page uh, on a notebook in front of you, noting the date and time of each activity. Say that I'm writing down. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to the A game. Um, and then whatever you do the next hour and just for two, three days, just write down. Every couple of hours, sit down and fill in what you did for those hours with no no analyzing, no nothing. But then at the end of the week, you stop back and look at that list and it'll show you a lot of places where you waste time, um, where you need, where things that you could be prepared yourself for better. Um, you can do it, you know, let's say you wasted a half an hour, 45 minutes or three hours of the day on minor things that you could like that had nothing, didn't help you in any way and didn't help anybody else. Right. And. But you need to sit down and you need to do something really important, like put together a, a plan for your family to how to deal with um, if we pass away. Right. Now, that's serious. That's, that's something serious that most of us really put off. Um, and we could say we don't have time to do it. But the thing is, when you run out of time to do it, that's the worst time because it's needed way before that. Right. And, and it's not something that all of us look forward to, but it's something that's necessary and gives our family resilience. Right. So we have to choose to use those wasted moments when we see them on paper and become willing to take the actions necessary to use those same time because all the time you have. But direct that time intentionally to doing something that helps to perpetuate the success, the self-control, um, the, the purpose that you have for yourself. But it has to be intentional. No one's going to come along and remind you unless you hire me as a coach, um, I'll do that, right? Um, come along and remind you that you've got goals. Remind you that in spite of what's going on today, you still have to put in work for what you need to get done. That yes, it, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy and you're not going to really like this step that you have to take. But if you don't take this step, you're not going to get to the next step or to the next level, right? So by doing that, analyze your activity log every few days. This will allow you to identify your low value activities that you can eliminate or delegate, minimizing the amount of time you spend on personal tasks and identify the times of day when your energy level are the highest and put your priorities in that time frame, right? I'm a, I'm a morning person. So between six o'clock and 12 o'clock is my optimum time to get things done. It starts, I start losing energy and focus as the day goes on. Um, I'm, I can, I, I'm also a late, late night person, like from, from t midnight until four in the morning is a good time for me to work. So there's that middle time of the, of the afternoon, let's say, say from four o'clock to 12 o'clock where I'm really like, at my lowest, but I might still have work to do or things to do, but I want to put my low energy things in those hours so that I have the energy to do them and I don't feel overwhelmed. All right. Okay. So en enough about that. Um, it's just that sometimes, you know, there's these little things that we're thinking like we've got this big problem, but there's so many little things that we can do to help to alleviate them. It's, it's the, the fact that we don't take the time to do them, but we take more time complaining about them when that same time could have been spent doing something about it so you don't have to complain about them anymore. Right. Uh, I don't know. Self-confidence is something that gets built up. You can't be, you have to be, we, t I don't want to say you have to be confident. I think that there's things in your life that you should be confident in yourself about, you know, because God brings us to a place of confidence in our future, right? We should have great confidence in God's promises for our future and walk accordingly. It's a key factor in developing resilience. Confident people are sure of their strengths and they believe in themselves while not putting anybody down and looking to utilize the strength of others around them, 
right? They recognize and take pride in having achieved their goals and believe in their ability to repeat their past successes. This frees them to take risks and to cope with setbacks, knowing that they're going to succeed eventually. If I keep on going, something got to give and it ain't going to be me, right? Applauding your achievements will give you abuse too. You know, so many times in the world around us does that too, kind of like you only get attention when you mess up, right? You're only going to be on the front news page of the news if you did something really wicked, really crazy. But you do something really, really, really good. That'll really make the front page news, if any page at all. See, so they put this list up that you made of your of those different actions that you take. Take a look and say, okay, this is my time wasting time here, and I want to take this time that I I want to go to school and I want to learn this. So there's a class I can take that's only two hours a night. I've been wasting three hours a night on TV, so I'm gonna shrink that down and only do an hour of TV and take these two hours to study that. And this will give you resiliency because it'll be forward momentum. You'll be building yourself up in an area of your life that if you don't pay attention to, you're going to need help in and there ain't going to be no help there, right? That's the thing. You're going to need help in the, and, and it's not going to be there because you didn't properly prepare yourself for it while the time to prepare was there, right? Okay. A couple more videos. I want to talk about this one more um, aspect because there's a lot. There's a lot, but I'm going to, that's why I said I'll split this down into a couple of weeks that I'm talking about, you know. Um, so if your self-confidence is high and you have strong self-belief and you're checking your view of the crisis, you're ready on your way to being very resilient, right? So now it's time to examine your thinking along the way. Remember, the M in game is for mentality, how we think. And sometimes we can be unreasonably harsh or negative in the way that we talk to ourselves. And this makes us less resilient to the ups and downs of daily life. Why? Because nobody talks with you as much as you talk to yourself. And what you say to yourself, you understand and believe. And some of us, me included, have given ourselves these negative, these negative, negative messages about ourselves, about our purpose, about our existence that are so untrue, but we live by them in such a way that they actually hold us back from being all that we can be, <laughs> right? Um, there's, this, this, there's this internal um, critical chatterbox of negativity that can sabotage us if we don't keep it under control. We'll always be our own worst critic. We'll always see the flaws in what we didn't do. You ever do something then at the end of it, look back and say, man, I forgot I should have said this, I should have said that. You know, I do a lot of public speaking and one day I was very nervous um, because of the group that I was talking to. It was in an area that I wasn't as an expert as I needed to be to talk to the um, magnitude of the people in the room and I felt a little uh, lack of confidence in being able to really deliver. But somebody told me, hey, listen, when you're talking, you're the only one who knows if you made a mistake. They'll never know if you don't tell them. To you, you made a mistake because you have this expectation. But to them, everything was going on business as usual, right? So self-confidence is, is is a mindset. So it's it's time to examine our thinking. And sometimes we could be un, unreasonably, unreasonably harsh or negative in the way we talk to ourselves. And this makes us less resilient, as I said, right? So just say, for instance, at a job, you're handed a report into your boss and you get a message to see her urgently. You could jump to the conclusion that she's not happy and that you're in trouble. And however, now you're all stressed out, you're pacing up and down, your heartbeat is racing, you're chewing off your fingernails, right? And however, 
this may not be the case. Perhaps she's satisfied with the report, but has just discovered some statistics that she'd like you to include or give you another project since you did so well on that, right? And so we have to understand that we can't pre-stress, you know, ourselves out for things um, that we fear the worst when really we can also prepare ourselves to expect the best, right? And if the worst happens, hey, that just comes along with it. But it's a 50-50 chance either way. Negative thoughts like these, they damage your confidence, they harm your performance, and they paralyze your mental skills. And they're usually due to these things. Let me say these these few things before I get off the air with you for this session. Don't forget, part four will be next week and part one or two on Spotify, right? But listen next week for the live show on Sunday. So feelings of inadequacy. These are things that, that we have to check on, right? Just just write these three or four things down. Feelings of inadequacy. Did you, did you have the training, experience, or resources that you needed to do the task? If not, the way to to be adequate is to get the training, right? Do you worry about your performance? Did you have the necessary information and resources? Had you planned and prepared thoroughly, right? There's problems with issues outside your control. And do you think through and manage all the likely risks and contingencies appropriately? And also know like who handles this around here? If it comes to me as a problem that I can't handle who handles this around here, right? Um, somebody there might be somebody in your household that handles um, dealing with the bills better. There might be someone at your job that's better at uh, making phone calls to angry clients and stuff. You know, so one of the things that that we have to understand that we don't need to have is um, worrying about people's reactions to anything that we do unless we're, you know, definitely trying to cause harm. But, you know, as long as you know that you did the best that you could in the circumstances, then, hey, that person's going to make a mistake that they're going to feel like they did their worst and they're going to need your support to say, hey, remember that time I messed up? It was all good. We still here, right? Okay. So, it's a, a, the, a thought is just that, a thought, and it's not a reality. Thinking more positively can change your perception, your feelings, and ultimately your behavior. So let's banish negative thinking, and you can do that in this moment right now, for there's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. I think that's from Hamlet. William Shakespeare said it, and so that's a good saying from William Shakespeare. Here's a good saying from me. Be blessed intentionally, right? Eddie, love you. Thank you so much for giving me the platform to use. I hope that the listeners are constantly being uh, challenged um, in uh, that they actually enjoy, you know, listening to us here at the A-Game. And I'm looking forward to the new year coming up with a, a new format that I want to use. But um, I'm, I'm thankful for all of you here and we're in this holiday season. Enjoy it. Remember, be blessed intentionally. You're already blessed. Just do it on purpose. Ain't no stopping it now. And believe it or not, the best is yet to come. It actually gets better. All right. So thank you once again so much for all that you have done um, and for supporting us in this show. And we look forward to taking the time to um, actually experience that a little bit more later. Here we go. Hey, greetings. Happy New Year to all the EAJ1023 listeners and crew. Wow, here we go. The beginning of another year. The A game still going. I think we're going into our second year now. 
on the air. And uh, I am so glad for all of those of you that have hung out with us from the beginning and those that might be listening for the first time today. I want to tell you that it's been a very, very exciting (laughs) year, 2021. As a matter of fact, I kind of uh, ended 2021 with uh, an accident that happened to me in July, a motorcycle accident that injured me and kind of took me off my feet, took the wind out of my sails for a minute, and I had to kind of uh, re reinvent or restructure my A game because um, I either had to decide that I was going to change the game or keep on playing the game that I um, had already, which which is having my goals, which is what the A is for. Having my priorities, that's what the A is for. And the G for the goals that I have set, um, the A, the actions that I had already started taking. M, the mentality that was being challenged by the E, the excuses that came up now because my injury actually was very debilitating. I was and still am barely able to like walk on my own right now because my pelvis is damaged. And through that though, um, I had to, there's something I had to do. I had to, number one, I had to take a look and say, wait a minute, I went through a lot of pain and now I'm here. I'm still in pain, but less pain, but still pain nonetheless. What can this pain provide for me? Um, I don't want to go through, and I learned that I don't have to go through anything painful without seeing that it did something for me because pain actually is something that we're blessed to have because it tells us that something is wrong. And so even though the pain physically was what I was dealing with on the, uh, you know, to everyone, the, there were other pains that as I had the time to uh, consider that there were emotional pains that were involved and spiritual pains that also were involved. Spiritual pains come from when you're not feeding your spirit or you're giving it toxicity and you know, you're not then fully operating and feeling, feeling, even though it's not true that you're not as connected um, to God as you need to be to, to pursue the goals that he gave you and uh, the challenges that are ahead of us to face. So I realized that I um, had endurance um, I've been I've been doing what I've been doing for a good number of years, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without God blessing me with endurance and the trials that uh, develop endurance. But through this trial, I um, of of this accident, I came. I realized that there's some another trait that I didn't even realize was necessary for really getting through a tough time. Um, I know that endurance is necessary, long suffering. And of course, you know, um, I don't know how you're doing it without the Lord, but um, uh, with the Lord, it's always better. I mean, not easier, just better. Um, you have a peace inside of you that comes from getting through it is good. Not getting through it is good. We'll be all right one way or the other. Um, but I realized that resilience and I started to look into that word and I kind of came up with a couple of different topics under resilience um, over the past week or the last three sessions that I did kind of on this topic is how to let your setback become a setup for a comeback. And I've mixed it up a little bit along there, but that's that's what it basically is, how your setbacks can become your setups for comebacks. And um, that's what I'm doing. I'm coming back 
on track um, without really having getting off track, causing um, God, causing all things to work together for good. Now, I, I saw that in resilience itself, which I'm going to leap off this new year with um, continuing these sessions, because underneath that come every goal setting principle that I've talked to you about in the sessions over this year. Um, resiliency is a, a microcosm, a buildup of a number of different um, a number of different uh, characteristics um, of of a person that helps to make us resilient. And I started to see that I'm in the process of becoming more resilient. I am resilient, but I, for the road ahead, I think uh, the development of more resilience will come for the strength necessary for those days. So I started talking with, with the audience uh, uh, first three sessions, you know, just covering basically what the format I was going to try to use for this series. And we last session three, we started to look into what kind of mindset um, comes along with us trying to um, to build our resiliency. We talked about self-confidence and the role that plays, um, dealing with uh, positive thinking and uh, putting positive thinking into play, um, you know, recognizing your achievements. You didn't fail at everything. Um, maybe keeping a little stress diary, depending on how um, you 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 are in you know taking the time to write down notes and kind of checking in on yourself over the the, the next couple of weeks or or months so with resilience comes some some very interesting things and so as i come into we come into this new year a lot of times New Year's a time for people to kind of put the old year behind and look forward. And so it's a goal setting time. It's a time where more people focus on setting goals during the, the first the new year than anything else. And unfortunately, um, we start off with that intent. But before 90 days are done, most people have totally, if not forgotten, at least are not putting forth the effort to majorly do some of the major changes that are necessary for the goals they want to accomplish and they'll put it on next year's shelf. But we don't want to do that. We have a, uh, 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 a, we have a responsibility um, as stewards of the good things that God gave us. And so I'm going to move forward with this topic of resiliency. And before I get into the meat of the topic I want to talk about today, I want to talk about when we were talking about last week with dealing with our positive um, attitude or positive thinking, um, take a moment to just talk about the negative thinking that requires you to think positive in the first place, right? Because we know that turning our thinking around, it's easier said than done all the time. But we know that if we can um, turn those negative thoughts around that it kind of will restore our hope and faith in ourselves. We'll be able to combat our little mental, mental gremlins and increase our resilience. Um, and then when we're, you know, mind, our mind is set in an optimistic pers perspective, then we kind of work toward proving that our optimism is justified. So we'll need to kind of, uh, for me, it's to consciously capture negative thoughts and challenge them. The, the Bible tells us that our weapons of warfare are not carnal, 
Um, they're mighty through God, and with them we pull down strongholds, demolish arguments, and every false pretense that sets itself up against knowledge of God, and we take captive our thoughts and make them obedient. So there's a process, though, because these thoughts can often just flit in and out of our brains without us even having noticing them sometimes. So counteracting those negative thoughts takes mindfulness and effort and intentionality, stopping to Think about what you're thinking about and asking yourself, why am I thinking about what I'm thinking about, the way I'm thinking about it, if it's not the right way that I should be thinking about it? I know it sounds like a tongue twister, but when you think about it, that's exactly what we need to do about what we're thinking about. Question ourselves and ask ourselves, is that what we should be thinking about? If not, you might need to, you know, put some arsenals, uh, some weaponry behind um, your mentality and give yourself a boost mentally by just remembering some affirmations. Let them boost the way you feel and push your brains to rewire ourselves, to think more positively, telling ourselves, like, I have plenty of creativity for this product or this task. God has blessed me with every single thing I need. I'm mentally ready. I'm psychologically ready. I'm physically ready. And I'm excellent at what God gave me to do. I'm not bragging on myself, um, but I am bragging on God because if I'm doing something great and he made me and he made it possible, then I'm, of course, giving him the glory. But he also said that I'm the one that's doing it. He's using me to do it, right? And so I, I look forward to see that my opinion is respected and valued by my team and the, my family and those that I work with. And these things help us to build our resilience. You know, we, we view failure you know, not as something to fear, but as a positive learning experience. We don't want negativity in our life to happen. And yeah, less drama, the better. But also when it is happening, it is happening. And sometimes the best we can do in the situation is to leave out of the situation because if it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. And if he brought me to it, he'll bring me through it. Um, so on the through it side of this, I can leave with something or leave something behind. I can, I can leave um, bitterness and, and, and leave angry and leave disappointed, but that's a choice because out of that same situation with some intentionality, I can actually pull out of it the fruit of, 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 of character that was necessary to come out of it with a, if not with a smile, at least with a, without regret that I went through it. Even though I might have preferred it to happen less painlessly, it didn't. <laughs> okay, that's the end, and that's the end of the game right there. You know, so we we want to look at things from um, seeing it as a positive learning experience. It can help us when we see things that way to overcome our fears of success. And by analyzing fears and rationally, we can then think better on our feet. And get a whole lot more done than if we took uh, our time to beat ourselves up too long over something that uh, won't change by doing that. Now, um, I, I'm, I'm writing things down as even as I'm talking to you now because I'm haven't really organized this into a uh, into into a group of sessions. But when I think of you know the self confidence, the self confidence, the um, the different aspects of the, um, the 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 need for the enduring, you know, for for having endurance, and how important it is, um, comes to a place where, as I was laying there in that hospital bed, one of the things that I started to realize, um, I spent 19 days there. Had some time, like I said, to 
reflect on some things. And it wasn't only that I was able to be resilient. It was, it was be, I, my resilience was not just because of me being able to overcome. Um, my wife had to be resilient to get through it with me. Um, my friends, my family, my uh, sons, my, my, uh, yeah, my close friends, all of those that participated in, in uh, my injury um, on the side of how is he getting, let's see him get better. We want him to get better. Uh, on their side, they had a lot of um, resiliency. They were very resilient in their love for me. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Just kind of bear with me because I'm trying to put it into a, um, into a package, um, verbal package for you. Okay, so I can do it like this. Let's talk about being resilient because you have a support network or support networks of people around you that can lift your arms, carry the burden, uh, comfort you, strengthen you, pray with you, uh, that add value to your life and they add value to yours. A network of people like that, whether they're in the church, within the home family, within your job, it doesn't matter where you Actually, most of us have a couple of satellite networks of people for different aspects of our life. So we've 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 gotten some grips on our self-confidence and we know that we have to turn around our negative thinking. But as the old saying goes, no man is an island. And I think that without allies, I'll call um, my network of allies, of uh, supporters to support you. We can risk slipping back into destructive habits when we're alone. Um Sometimes you have to telephone to tell a friend, right? <laughs> so I'm going to say that an important factor in sustaining your resilience is having strong relationships with those in your inner circles and your outer circles. It's just sustaining those relationships. The stronger the bond you have with them, the more resilient you're able to be. And more confidently, I believe that we'll be able to depend on their support when the going gets tough. And we all know tough times don't last. Tough people do. But tough times keep coming back for you to be tough about. <laughs> it's not like a, a one-shot deal. Oh, tough times are over. From here on, we're good times. No, tough times will be back again. Right uh, throughout this this life, for those of us who've been living long enough to know that that's a truth, right? <laughs> so, I think that is is very key then for us to have a positive, dependable network which can provide some practical emotional support when times are hard. Um, at home, at work, the, we can have these people that help us to put our problems into perspective and take some of the burden off of us. They they can advise, assist, inform, protect, and help to just keep a smile on our face. Simply put, they're they're invaluable. Um you know man, you can't we weren't meant to do this alone. Um in the garden, God said it is not man good for man to be alone. Right? And it's not. So help is necessary. It's thing that gets in the way of that though is pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asking for help, especially for us males of the species. And being resilient and prideful don't go together. Because in our pride, we isolate ourselves from 
what is actually necessary for us to have success or for us to um, get through a situation. So build up your 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 network in order for for this all this I'm saying to happen it needs to be intentional we need to nurture our network spend time with people and help others too when we have what they need be willing to give just because the time will come you know um, this song will just call on me brother when you need a friend because we all need somebody to lean on I, I just might have a problem that you'll understand Yep, we all need somebody to leave on. So that involves then what? Communicating clearly and engaging with people by being present. Uh, you know, uh, putting putting our own agenda aside while we give them our full attention. It involves making eye contact when they're talking, asking questions, and reflecting back that I've understood what was said to you by you to me. It also means being um, willing to compromise, for instance, by rescheduling a meeting so that um, someone can meet their deadline or that someone can uh, take over a uh, uh, part of a ministry, being flexible with the reality that things don't fit perfectly into these nice, neat little boxes, um, and they don't have to in order for them to turn out good, you know, presenting ourselves honestly and authentically, good and bad to somebody helps us to, to be, feel more self-confident because we're confident enough in, our, in ourselves and in that relationship that that doesn't change the way that person views me. And if it does, then I'm going to just move on to another person that it doesn't, right? Because I need to be able to be honest and accepted by someone. I know that I am honest and accepted by God because he knows everything about me and he's accepted me in the beloved here on earth with people, it's a different thing because we go through different emotional, um, you know, ups and downs and even figuring out like, who is it that I can trust this way <laughs> often comes into the picture, right? So sharing information about yourself, simply using um, inclusive language, um, saying like we instead of I or you, for example, helps us to gain and uh, work with people and uh, developing trust, respect, and support. And so make an effort to start cultivating a supportive network. You know, look around and make a list of the people around you and uh, reach out to them. Um, see if you if there's anything you can help them with. And uh, I'm sure that they'll come up with something, <laughs> um, especially if we're very resourceful with what we're doing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take this moment. I'm going to go down my own little personal list, um, um, whether they're on the air or not. Those that are listening, just pray for the next group of people that I'm going to call out. Were those that have been supporting me way before the accident, but especially during the accident when you kind of rose above, you know, to another level of um, relationship with me through through that by coming alongside with whatever it is you came with, whether it was a kind word, whether it was a, a shout out for prayer, a drop, a, you know, a holler out on Facebook, a text message, um, set, tell somebody, told somebody else to tell me that you love me and you're praying for me. All, all of that was good. But the ones that were significant, very significant, everyone played a role and are still playing roles because I'm about halfway through. Um, physically, um, this ordeal. Um, and so the, the first person, um, of course, is um, thank you, God. 
there's none of, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be possible for me to be here even contemplating, conversating, you know, that little wreck could have been the end of me. So I got first and foremost, God and my, um, and the great, great um, love he showed for me by, you know, just while I was yet a sinner, you know, he sent his son to die to set me up for good success, you know, that I should have life and that more abundantly. So I thank God first and right under God comes my my wife. Um, she um, stepped up to the plate and showered me with love, um, showered me with, with comfort. She, you know, even as she herself was, you know, dealing with the her own emotions um, from seeing me hurt, um, the near loss, the different operations that I had to have, them dealing with my pain, you know, washing me up. Uh, but the list goes on, but she was there for everything. She was there for when I cried out. She was there for when I, I fell. She was there for when I, I hurt. She was there for when I cursed and when I screamed. She was there um, for all of it. And it, it it took a toll on her. You know, I saw a time when, you know, she needed to renew her strength. And thank God I was able to be a friend to her and say, okay, baby, we're at a stage now where, you know, a lot of the other people, um, uh, in our network can can handle some of the things you've been doing now, you know, since I'm back home and things like that. So we we're on um on on a, we balanced that out um pretty good. But I thank God for her first and foremost. Our 32 years of marriage, our children, um the way we roll with each other, you know, um, we're good friends. We're we're growing old together, older together. You know, want to be cantankerous people in our 80s that have a sense of humor that only, you know, we know. We joke, laugh at jokes that only we know why we're laughing at them. <laughs> we have our own private little uh, uh, party going on in the midst of everything. So, yeah, that's my ride or die chick um, that God blessed me with help. And I'm talking about help. She meets all of the requirements above and beyond. So I thank God um, for her and then for my immediate family, my mother, my stepdad, my brothers and sisters, um, you know, blood in the bloodline, the trumpet family, bloodline. Um, everyone did like more. You're more of a brother, more of a sister, more of a mother, more of a father to me during this time. And I really, really appreciate it. And I'm glad that, you know, our family is a family that loves each other. We don't have any kind of divisions amongst us. There's no hatred amongst us. There's no um, unforgiveness amongst us. And that's a blessing um, as we're all in the Lord. And he kind of keeps those things from being problematic in our relationships, right? Then after that, group will come. I'm doing this also in groups and nuggets because individuals will take me um, forever here. But um, I thank God for my church family, you know, um, all of those in, in, in spiritual leadership that, and, that and, and those that are in different areas of service in the body of Christ. I thank God for your prayers. I thank God for your Zoom meetings. I thank God for your texts of encouragement and your, you know, little posts of little sayings and all everything from little to great. There was no, there's nothing, the little thing you did is as great as the big thing that got done. That all was out of love. And I so appreciate my extended 
family in the church in the body of Christ, you know, um, from, from here all the way to California and back and all the way down to the West Indies and up, you know, folks just praying. I know who prayed for me in North Carolina and I wasn't even aware of, of that, but, you know, one individual would go to a group and say, Hey, I got somebody I want y'all to lift up. And that person was me. So I thank God for that. Um, and your resilience in in loving on a brother. Um, I want to thank um, uh, the, my, where I um, am assigned for ministry for a few years, um, the, the staff and student body of uh, Brooklyn Adult and Teen Challenge, even those that have graduated. I've got, um, I'm going to shout out by name, um, Lewis and Norma down in in uh, North Carolina that have faithfully been supporting um, the radio, the station, and uh, we we uh, just knowing that they're all the way down there sending love up here to 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 me in this situation, comforting my wife and those of you who are, who did that. And I don't think that I'm going to be able to like totally encompass um, the levels of different people of the people that I already mentioned and. Um, what they have led me to is to a place where I can start to take good care of myself. Um, I, the, the, I needed extra taken care of and God sent it and I thank God it was you. Um, I never would have made it, but I do have to take on the great responsibility in resilience is to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. You know, now that I thank God, that as I look around and I look at the connections that I have with different people in different aspects, as I said, everything from my uh, my wife um, to my immediate family out into my extended family in the church and my coworkers, you know, and uh, friends I haven't even met yet. But, you know, now that I know that I have a strong network of allies, you know, um, in place, I can focus on strengthening myself. Um, I have, I have friends who take help me taking care of things financially, you know, that help me taking care of um, some things that I can't, you know, get around to do. Someone that can get around does it, making sure that I can get back and forth to my appointments and things like that. So, you know, your physical, mental and spiritual well-being is one of the pillars of your resilience. So I'm going to talk about that for a little while, you know, about how maintaining a healthy lifestyle um, puts us in a far better position to cope with life's challenges. You know, um, I'm not an exercise buff, but I am very active. Um, and even, you know, at the age I'm at now, um, I'm in, I think, pretty good shape for a guy my age. Um, of course, the, the aches and pains that come along with it, but I'm still feeling that I'm more on the uh, upside of, of physical health than anything else. Um, in spite of the injuries, um, I'm, I'm healing up really good and um, painfully slow. But uh, one time, one day I'll dance again on these feet. <laughs> I just know that, and and I'll share this with you in a few minutes before we kind of shut down, and um, I'll come back up on this in part five. Oh, just in case. So. EAJ 1023 radio um, wweaj 1023.com radio.com um, hosts this show and uh, it's, this is the, the this this is the property of EAJ 1023 the A game um, we've also started to just use 
a Spotify platform for the A game so that you can um, kind of, if you wanted to go back and listen to any of the past episodes. So there is a Spotify channel called the A game now um, connected to the EAJ 1023, this spot here um, for the A game at 830 on Sundays. Um, so yeah, you can go on Spotify and I think if you just put my name, Winston Trumpet, um, it should come up with the A game. I don't think there's a combination of Winston Trumpet and the A game. Um, on there, there's another A game or two, but it, you'll you'll see the one that has uh, this this one. You can listen to the past, um, some of the past um, episodes um, that we've done along the way over the past year or so. So, in networking, even you out there, I might not know you by name or face, but if you sent up a prayer, not only for me but for anyone in the body of Christ, because when one suffers, we all suffer in one, one way or another. Um, I want to applaud your resilience in loving beyond the borders, you know, sharing love beyond the borders. And um, I hope that with this uh, show here and the ones that come after it in this new year, that you find a place of encouragement. And you know what I want you to do, right? You all know if you've been listening. Well, if you're brand new, you don't know what I want you to do. I want you to be blessed. Oh, you are blessed. No, be blessed intentionally. Be blessed because you're blessed, right? Take your blessing to that place that God, he wants you to be blessed and he wants you to let people know that you're blessed. You're not, I'm not better than you. I'm just blessed, right? And you're blessed too. It's just that you have to find your level of blessing and be comfortable with that and stop looking at my level of blessing and be hating. (laughs) Let me get off this show before I get bad. No, thank you, my network, for accepting, uh, you know, even my my sense of humor at times. God bless you. I thank you so much for all that you've uh, done. And uh, be blessed intentionally. Let God continue, continually, continually work his way and his magic. <laughs> he has powers that supersede any magical powers or supernatural powers on the earth. God is awesome. God is awesome. Continue listening. Part five next week. Um, I'm not sure how deep I'm going to get into this network, but I'll, I'll just go with the flow as I do every weekend, right? Thank you. God bless. Be blessed intentionally. Ain't no stopping us now. Remember, it gets better. Here we go again. Good day. It's Pastor Winston again, coming at you with this week's A-Game segment. Only here at EAJ 1023 Radio. I am very happy to be with you one more time. And... Ain't no stopping us now. As we move forward, those of with you, you that was with me last week, remember that I said I was going to um, kind of stay on the topic of resilience for for a few weeks, and so this is um, part two of how to use your setback as a setup for a comeback. 
That's what resiliency is all about to me. You know, while we're playing our A game and making sure that A, our priorities, that we have our right priority in place, um, G, that we have our goal set to make that priority a reality. Um, the O is, are we, I'm sorry, the, the A and A game stands for the actions that we have to take in order to uh, maintain the momentum necessary. Um, and in order to do that, the M stands for the mentality necessary to keep those actions going in spite of the E, which are the excuses that will come in the way to try to stop you from getting your game on. But we have practiced or talked about uh, many different principles for overcoming those things. Um, I'm actually uh, doing these next couple of segments on resilience because of a motorcycle accident that I had. Um, you can hear more. If you didn't hear about it, um, I guess you can go on Spotify and look my name up and my a, the A game will come up and you can actually um, listen to past segments. Go back and listen to segment one of, 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 of this and that'll kind of explain more about the accident because I want to spend most of my time now talking about the uh, topic of resilience and the um, place that it plays in in my um, our life, or can play. Let me put it like that. Or the place that it can play in our life. And I want to see um, if we can continue to uh, just go down that street and see the different kinds of um, principles that got put in place in order for me to be able to be talking to you now. From a place of successfully not overcoming, and I won't use the word successfully overcoming, I would say though, but successfully um, enduring the pain that I have uh, been in and am in and still stay on top of my A-game. I know. And this is one of those things where when I say easier said than done, it is much easier said than done <laughs> to be able to keep your focus and keep your, your, your eyes on the goals ahead of you while um, things have happened that actually stop almost everything. So resilience is what um, I started to see was necessary. But good, a good way to look at resilience is what you've prepared for. <clears throat> So you can bounce back quicker. What 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 have you done to prepare for this incident or that situation so that when it happens you can bounce back um, quicker, right? It's preparing for let me the unexpected. It might seem contradictory. I know. Just how can you plan for something that you don't know is going to happen, or when? <clears throat> Well, the thing is that you can, because developing resilience is a bit like training to run a marathon. And, and how do you do that? How do you train to run a marathon? Number one, I know you've got to first make sure that you've got the, the right health set. You have to be in pretty good health to run a marathon. And uh, we are running this marathon that we have now. Well, <clears throat> it's, it's like uh, training to, 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 to do a, a triathlon or something. And most of the hard work is done in the months before the big race. And just like a marathon runner, we need to ensure that we're in good shape before we approach the start line. That, that's all um, it, it is. 
What does that mean? Um, I can say that it means having the internal and external resources plus the reserves of energy and time to handle the unexpected. Woo, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. But it's doable when we break down the little pieces of it because we've been doing it already. Um, you'll see that it's nothing new. It's just that you have to recognize it and now use it in toward other um, aspects of your life. So your preparation um, for becoming resilient involves being inward, you know, looking inward at ourselves. For example, my level of self-confidence and positivity and outward into the workplace, into the mission field, into the church um, and beyond, including our goals, activities and our support network. So I'm going to start with some um, goals that I'm going to make most of this um, happen in a place that I know that the general audience all participate in a workplace environment. Right. So I'm going to start by saying that we'll take a look at some goals that you can have um, in order to make you more resilient. So having a clear idea of where you're headed means that you're not blown off course by every wind that comes along. This will give you a clear focus and show you when saying no is the most appropriate response for you. And then we'll look at our ability to manage stress because no matter how clear we are about our goals, crises have a habit of throwing up obstacles to achieving them. Ain't it, ain't it true? <laughs> so simple tools like stress diaries and activity logs allow us to improve our stress management skills and to clear space for dealing with the unexpected. And next we'll look at um, how acknowledging our past achievements can help to develop self-confidence. Confident people are generally more positive and resilient. So working on your own self-confidence is extremely important. And when you're confident, you're in a good place to be able to hone your positive thinking. Positive thinking to me, you can call it possibility thinking. Think of the possibility. Some people like to think of what if it don't work, but what if it does, right? What if it fails? What if it succeeds, right? The, the, the same way you can point all of your energy toward what if it doesn't happen, you turn that 50% toward the possibility that it can. Not only do you um, feel better if it doesn't because you you kept yourself in a good space, but you're also going to look at what, how you're going to do it from there anyway because that's why you're confident because if one way don't work that don't mean it's over i will find another way and however confident though and positive you are though you can't get through tough times alone right nor should we so we'll give some advice about creating and maintaining good support networks if i can say anything that that worked to bring me through that trial to this place so far it was is is from in the past the, the relationships that i had developed with people and with organizations and I had good support networks around me. I had someone available for everything that I needed in that situation. Everything from prayer to food to hope. I got it all because of proper preparation prior to presentation. I'm not knowing that I was going to be needing them for that situation, but that's the situ that's what it's about. We don't know. We have to be ready, right? Have good. And when we don't have strong relationships, we may not get the support we need and our resilience can falter because without without help, most of what we go through life, we can't go through by ourselves. So, right. So preparing ourselves is going to be the first um, times that I talk to you. I want to put everything into a kind of a focus of just preparing ourselves. OK. And and when we do that, we'll, we'll kind of close this thing out by by taking uh, 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 taking time to say, how do, does it look to take good care of yourself? 
physical, emotional, mental well-being essential to building up your resilience. This is because setbacks and crises become more manageable when you feel strong, fit, and confident. No matter what age you are, are you as fit as you can be for that age? Are you, are we taking care of ourselves in such a way as to preserve strength and to preserve energy and to preserve it so that we are in for the long haul, right? Setbacks, like I said, you know, they become more manageable when you feel fit and confident and enjoy this journey of life. You know, we'll have a better understanding of how resilient we are currently once you've completed taking this thing. How resilient are you? Here's an action. Um... Here, here's a, a, an action that you can take to, um, to find out how resilient you are. Take a look back over your life. Take a look back over your life and look at um, what you came through. And I want you to write the situation down. It might take a paragraph, might take 10 pages. It doesn't matter. And I'm not, it's not in a rush. It's not homework that's due by next week. It's just an exercise. But if you look back and see the things, the situations that you've been through and then think, what, how did I get through those things? Did somebody help me? Did I come up with an idea? Did I take an action? Did, 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 I, did, I, did I believe God and by faith hang on? What did I do? And as you start to see the resources that you have used in the past, it should show you something. They're still yours. The resources that you had that you didn't know you had, now you know you have them. They're still yours from your, your past experiences. So don't let those go to waste, right? Um, if you take them and use them for something that um, benefits especially others and their success, what an awesome reason to have gone through something for the sake that somebody else can be better off because of it, regardless of what it costs me. See, the most resilient people have a clear mission and goals, and we're committed to achieving them. That's what the A-game is about, right? Our, our goals guide and direct us. They, they should help make us to uh, consider making very good decisions, provide kind of yardsticks for our progress, and encourage us to work toward something defined and tangible. And your goals are there to support the mission, the bigger overall purpose of, of, of your life, the overall purpose of your, your ministry, the overall purpose of your organization is found in what is our, our what are our goals. And unfortunately, some goals um, in the workplace or, like I said, in the ministry can be confusingly vague or frustratingly irrelevant. They might involve impossible deadlines or unhelpful measures draining your energy and enthusiasm. But when your goals are smart, and I talk about this in another segment, I'll, I guess I think I'll even do an update on this topic of setting goals that are smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Um, we make them clear, attainable, and meaningful our goals. This means that, that you can develop the motivation, the plans, and support that you need to achieve them. See, how, let me put it this is, is when you have a very clear idea of what your most important goals are, um, let's say on your job, um, it becomes easier to distinguish the urgent from the important when a crisis hits. See, having an ability to identify the tasks that you must focus on and those that you can safely ignore prepares you for potential setbacks and makes you more resilient when they strike. 
because of the way you've positioned yourselves. You can identify these important goals and the tasks you need to do to achieve them by looking at your own job description and at the documentation from your last performance review if they gave you one. You can also read your organization's mission statement and understand its business strategy and think about your day-to-day -day work and how it fits into that overall plan. Now, even though, like I said, I'm targeting this toward business slash ministries, this also means that these things have to be in place before they're in place there. They have to be in place in our personal lives at home, right? Are we looking at it from the idea that we have goals in our house? We, as a family, have something that we're moving toward. Um, maybe we want the generation behind us to not have to worry about having um, where the money from college will come from. So we're going to, as a family, run this business now so that the generation behind us has an easier time in either growing it or use it as a catalyst for their dreams and goals, right? So when we have a clear idea about what those most important things are, um, we begin to distinguish the urgent from the important. When we can identify them and the tasks we need to do to achieve them, then we, we look at our, 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 our top performance items of the day that will give the most results. And what does this have to do with resiliency? Well, it's just brain homework. You know, it's just giving your brain some some exercise. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and don't don't take this personal if it if if, if this is you, but um, you know, this person really is on their phone for every single thing that day. Woo! Oh my goodness. And 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 so I said, you know, what if you know? How come it is that you know? You know why they call the phone the smartphone? Because you use it so much that it gets smarter and you get dumber. The things that you, your brain doesn't get any exercise. You don't have to think, you know, just say, ask the question and the phone microchip, doom, boom, you got your answer right in front of you there. Um, but the brain doesn't get much exercise in using its facilities that studying and thinking through problems and research kind of brings that to the brain. So I think it's true that, and I don't know why I'm on this topic. Y'all let me go down a rabbit hole. Let me get back to what I'm talking about. And that's resilience. <laughs> Okay, let's get back to resilience. Okay, all right. So, in it, setting setting goals is that sense. You know, you should write down um, a couple of things, um, two three things in different aspects or areas of your life that you want to set. Set some very clear, um, reachable goals. Um, to, you know, whether it's um, goals to raise your family, goals to build your business, goals to increase, you know, the, the impact of your ministry on the planet while you're here, whatever it is, you know, taking some time to write those things out, um, prepare, see what preparation is necessary, what tools are necessary, what resources are necessary, and focusing on those things and being prepared for the you know, having a contingency plan for, okay, what if it doesn't work out this way? What am I going to, is going to be my fallback to not hoping that you have to fall back, but having the knowledge, the understanding and the wisdom that I'm going to have a spare tire, even though I'm praying, I don't have a flat. Okay. So we, we take some time and write those goals out as, you know, between, you know, now and, and, and discuss them with, with someone in your life that will help you to, um, to, to say, hey, I need help sticking to this goal until I accomplish it. Never let me quit. Never let me give up. I can speak about giving up, but I can't. I can say I want to quit, but I can't. All right. So somebody to hold you accountable like that. And if you can't, don't have somebody like that in your life right now, well, you can hire me as your coach. No, I'm joking. 
I actually do that for a living, uh, kind of help people to uh, make it through um, different goals that they set for themselves um, by being that support guy, you know, that comes along and says, come on, get up. You can make it. You can do it. Oh, but I, yes, you can. Yes, you can, because I'm here with you. Let's go. Get up. Come on. Come on. Shake it off. Let's go. And, uh, you know, the key benefit to that is it keeps me going, too. So when it comes to um, having the resiliency, you know, having goals and a reason to accomplish them and a reason to keep on going can make all the difference in how we come back from our setback, right? Um, so look at that. Look at look at those areas of your goals. And and then we're going to talk about you to this segment a little bit, the rest of it. I want to talk about what comes along with all this is stress. <clears throat> There's two kinds of stresses. We usually, when we talk about stress, only call, talking about one kind of stress, and that's distress. Distress when when it's, oh, no, this, oh, no, this is not going to happen today. I am not ready for this right now. That's distress. When most of you say I'm stressed out, they say and they're distressed out. But there's a, another stress, another part to stress, and it actually is what's called good stress, right? Necessary stress, right? Stress that actually keeps us functional, and that's called eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. And so this is stress that's normal, that's uh, necessary for um, living, um, these, these, these eustress areas. So... When, when you know that that, that stress levels, the, you can move from eustress to distress. And one of the ways to not do that, not have to go to distress mode, is by being prepared. You see, the prepared person is less stressed because they have more answers about the situation than they have questions because they prepared themselves to know it prior to the incident also hoping that it didn't happen or never had to come to pass, right? So one key benefit of, of becoming clear about your goals is that you reduce the potential for stress. Um, now that you know what your objectives are, we'll experience less stress about where to focus our attention when times are troubled. But nonetheless, nonetheless, the, the, the nature of a crisis means that you'll be drawing on your physical and mental resources to get yourself and your family or your, your team or your employees through it. And, and there's no doubt that, that managing during a crisis involved increased stress. So if you tend to get stressed, you know you need to learn how to handle it, to keep yourself balanced, remind yourself that you are resilient, you have ample resources to deal with any situation. Remember, though, that you have limitations. So do prioritize, delegate, or ask for help. An, an important thing to note is that, you know, stress is, 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 is real. You know, it could cause severe health problems and in extreme cases, even death. So while some of these techniques have been shown to have positive effect on reducing stress, they're, they're for guidance only, right? You, you should take the advice of like a health professional if you're feeling unwell through stress or significantly or persistently unhappy. You don't just sit and try to think yourself through it. Don't try to talk more positive to yourself. To do those things on your way to the hospital, on the way to go see somebody that can help you out because that stress might be something that can hurt you if you don't get it taken care of by and with a professional. So understanding that managing stress um, sometimes um, getting it out of you is all the stress relief that you need. You know, like a you know those pressure cookers. Psh, 
and then those old radiators with the steam they have that that place that when there's too much heat built up that it lets some of it out so that they can you know continue to do the work so um a suggestion on helping to deal with stress um and also to keep, keep you focused on your goals is to um keep a diary right so you know what stress is like most people you've experienced it enough right <laughs> but but have you ever tried to pinpoint the situations that make you feel the most stressed uh this is when keeping a stress diary can be a, a good idea i think you know you can record the stresses that you experience as you experience them so that you can analyze the causes identify um your optimum level of pressure and and see see what where you need to improve in your stress management skills because if you don't manage your stress, nobody else will. Everybody will just add to your stress. Nobody ain't gonna help you with your stress unless you hired them to, right? <laughs> See, so so you know, looking at yourself as being responsible for your own stress management level and your own stress management skills gives you the capacity to deal with a crisis when it occurs without it completely melting you down. You know, that's the essence of resilience. You're able to come back, right, and to stand. And having done all to stand, you'll be standing there for right after all the winds have blown and have, the tragedies have come over you're still the last man or woman standing right so <laughs> reflect on on the incidents that that have caused you a lot of stress right why, why they happened how well you handled them how do you feel write your thoughts in the appropriate columns and tables um you know um put 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 some there's a lot of little worksheets that you can use i think some of them are free to download templates and stuff like that um you know analyzing your diary when you have several days worth of entries and you can identify your most common stressors and your most unpleasant ones and work through their causes to assess how you dealt with them now now when you do this you might find like um patterns or um repeated problems that you need to fix so try um brainstorming some ways that you can change these situations for the better um this might also be worth looking to see if you can find kind of a middle ground where you felt under pressure but managed to perform well um, without having to, to change much, right? Something that you already felt that you were um, very well equipped to handle. And you'll find more out about your relationship between pressure and stress and how they work together as I talk just a little bit further about this. So, so far, what I've done is started to talk to you a little bit about resiliency. Um, I'm I'm taking the next few segments, um, next few weeks of the show and kind of steering them in the direction of the tools necessary to make a, a, a comeback from your setback, right? Because it was just a setup. And that's what I, I, I want to uh, continue to, to pursue. There's a lot of different topics that are just part of my A-game um, di you know, dialogue with you anyway. So um, focusing on this will bring a lot of those things you'll see into play. Just like I'm talking about stress management now as part of being resilient. Um, I've spoken on it before as, as a way to be necessary to um, excel in your work area or in your uh, wherever you're physically going to exert energy. So I want to thank you, um, listeners, again, um, those of you that listen on www 
eaj1023radio.com on Sunday mornings, the morning uh, gospel hours starting from 8 a.m. and going all the way till noon. You got to tune in. You got to hear all the different sets. You got to listen to the preacher. You got you to gotta hear the teacher. You got to hear the prayer warrior pray. And my A-game also is a part of that, mor- that that's morning uh, set of different uh topics, areas that are going to be covered um, in relationship to man and God and our, our, our awesomeness and being able to serve him and praise him. So thank you very much, um, Eddie, for, like I said, always for this platform. Those of you just remember, if you missed any of the shows on the A-game, we now have uh, them up on Spotify. You just put my name, Winston Trumpet, in, or you can uh, just search for a game and it might come up that way too um so you can listen to some of the past uh sessions that we've had or listen back to something you missed you can always go there the the whole repertoire of the uh of of them are are right there available to you the recordings okay all right god bless you remember always remember this that you are blessed now just be blessed intentionally Be blessed on purpose. Be blessed with an attitude. Say, you know what? I know I'm blessed and I'm going to continue walking in my blessing and I'm going to be blessed on purpose and use it to bless somebody else. And until next week, we're going to continue talking about ways to be resilient, how to make the big comeback and how to make sure that your setback is just a setup for your comeback. And I look forward to hearing from you. And uh, may God keep you and bless you. Until then. Good day to you, each and every one. I know I've got my listeners from EAJ 1023 on, on this Sunday morning. Looking forward to a great day ahead. I'm so excited to be with you guys today, all of my listeners. Hey, Eddie, and all of the listening fans out there to WWEAJ23 Radio. And for keeping us um, on top of your mind. And we hope that we never disappoint you with bringing you some of the top quality DJs and people who help out with different aspects of just, you know, our survival as human beings on here. You know, you got people that are praying um, constantly and sharing different methods for coming out of debt and just being positive, giving some positive influence. So I love being part of the EAJ 1023 family. Um, So I decided that I'm going to kind of end this year with a series focusing on resilience Um, This is part three, actually. If you didn't hear parts one or two, um, you can go on my Spotify, go on Spotify, and you can just put my name, Winston Trumpet, in, and it'll pull up what's called what's called the A game. And what it is is the recordings of some of the past shows and all of the all of this series is going to be on there for sure. There's about 10, 12 others, you know, that you can, you know, on demand kind of uh, past past uh, episodes that I had done. So you could check me out on Spotify and get those so you can follow through with these. But the reason why I came to the um, conclusion that uh, 
or I gained the insight for this is that motorcycle accident I had that left me uh, discombobulated for a good couple of months now. Actually, in my fourth month now of, you know, not being able to walk without crutches and go through all the pain and the medications and uh, all, all the stuff that comes along with it. And still, um, the question to me was, I still have to be on my A game. You know, life hasn't stopped, so I can't stop. Um, but how do I get through this? And so I know that I have endurance. Um, that's been proven to me um, over the years. I, I have great endurance. But for this situation, I required something more, a whole nother level. And what I found was a word that I hardly ever use to describe myself. Um, but I found that I'm also learning to be resilient. And that's where all of this goes. We're going to start talking a bit about, for the next few weeks, I'm going to focus on resilience and what it means to us and how having resilience is actually one of the keys to making sure that we get the most out of our life, the most out of every situation and still come out on top, top without losing a step, without losing a beat. Okay. So, um, the way I'm doing this, the resilience, um, discussions, um, I started talking to you about how we're going to prepare ourselves for it because, I know it might seem like, okay, preparing for the unexpected may seem contradictory, right? Just, just how can you plan for something that you don't know is going to happen? Well, let's take a reality check and take a look at life. And there are things that you hope don't happen, but might happen. So developing resilience is a bit like um, training to run a marathon. Most of the hard work is done in the months before the big race. And just like a marathon runner, you need to ensure that you're in good shape before you approach the start line. This means having the internal and external resources plus the reserves of energy and time to handle the unexpected. And these we can all do in preparation. So your preparation for becoming more resilient involves looking inward at ourselves. For example, where am I with my self-confidence and positivity and outwards into the workplace, into the ministry, into the household. And these things should include your goals, your activities and your support network all at the same time. So I'm going to focus most of um, this conversation um, toward an area, let's say workplace. I think that's a common area, different than the home and different from the ministry or the church. But I want to kind of use the workplace as the place that I'm using to set these goals. Um, but it can also be exercised into any other area of your life because having a clear idea of where you're heading means that you're not going to be blown off course by every wind. You know, this will give you a clear focus when you have goals and show you when to say no is the most appropriate thing for you to do. And that's something we have to understand that we'll, we'll take a look at that um, kind of goals that you can set for yourself in the workplace. And then we'll look at our ability to manage stress because no matter how clear we are about our goals, crises have a habit of throwing up obstacles to achieving them. And simple tools like a stress diary and activity logs allow us to improve our stress management skills and to clear space for dealing with the unexpected. Um, I'm, the way I'm ordering this, and you know what, I'm telling you this today and all this might turn around, but I want to look at how acknowledging your past achievements can help you to develop self-confidence. Confident people are generally more positive and resilient. So working on your own self-confidence is extremely important. And when you're confident, you're in a good place to be able to hone your positive thinking. However, confident and positive you are, though, you can't go through tough times alone, nor should you. So I'll give you some advice about creating and maintaining good support networks for just in case stuff happens and life, you know, 
stuff does happen when we least expect it. And when you don't have strong relationships, we may not get the support that we need and our resilience can falter because you just need somebody to hold you up. Sometimes it could get tiring, right? Okay, so there's going to be, um, I think my wrap up will be like uh, taking good care of yourself, your physical, emotional, and mental well-being as essential to building up your resilience. And setbacks and crises become more manageable when you feel strong, fit, and confident. So I hope you enjoy this journey for the next few weeks. Um, you'll have a better understanding of how resilient you currently are once you've completed it, right? So a good question to ask you is like, how resilient are you? <laughs> Um, I think there's some uh, different tests you can take um, online. Um, just put on resilience tests and they'll give you some, you know, some uh, with the drop downs so you can choose what your answer is and you can actually assess your resilience before you start your journey. And I think that that would be awesome for some of you to do just in between now and the next um, session that you hear from me. Okay. All right. Everything moving right along. Now, even though I'm talking about resilience, there's so much inside of what I've already started to lay down here on this, um, on, on these segments, because I talk about setting goals um, a number of times in many different aspects. And it's more to get the, the, the idea across that moving forward without a solid plan or a set of goals is one of the most idiotic things that we can do when we don't play any games without knowing how to win. So why play the game of life without knowing how to win that when it's the most important game of all? You see, um, most resilient people have a clear mission and goals and are committed to achieving them. The goals, they guide and they direct us. They should help us to make good decisions, provide yardsticks for our progress, and encourage us to work towards something that's defined and tangible. And your goals are there to support the mission, the bigger overall purpose of your organization, your ministry, or your home. Unfortunately, some of the goals around the workplace can be confusingly vague or frustratingly irrelevant. Let me say that again. Confusingly vague or frustratingly irrelevant. Like you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing. You know you're supposed to be doing something, so I'm going to try this. And they might involve possible impossible deadlines or unhelpful measures or processes that lead to more work than is necessary to get a job done. And these things drain your energy and your enthusiasm. But for your own personal goals... Um, I, I talk about in a couple of uh, sessions back, I talk about setting SMART goals, SMART being an acronym for your goals to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound, and make them clear, attainable, and meaningful. And this means that you can develop the motivation, the plans, and the support that you need to achieve them. Now, when, when you have a clear idea of what your most important goals are in your job, what's your important goals are in your church, what's the important goals are in your household. It becomes easier to distinguish the urgent from the important when a crisis hits. A great ability to identify the tasks that you must focus on and those that you can safely ignore prepares you for potential setbacks and makes you more resilient when they strike because you haven't wasted energy on things that don't give you, let's say, um, the best bang for the buck, so to say. You, that if you had worked on this priority instead, it would have knocked out a couple of other little minor subdivision goals that would have gotten done, right? So 
you can work along with me, um, with another coach, with uh, someone that you trust that is actually doing what you're asking them to do. Like if somebody, if you're trying to get yourself set up financially, don't ask somebody who's in debt, you know, and not even caring. You know, you ask for someone who fixed their credit, who um, went through what it took in order for them to get better, then they can help you or give you some solid advice on that. You can identify important goals in your life and the tasks you need to do to achieve them by looking at your job description, um, looking at your ministry um, description, um, just talking about your different roles in the house, right? Um, you can you can read your organization's mission statement and understand its business strategy and think about your day-to-day work or your other responsibilities, even in the home or like I said, in the church or in the ministry. So far, so good. And I can't speak enough about goals. You know, it was it was setting goals and understanding how to use those as tools, because even God set down goals. You know, he didn't just finish everything and say, let there be world. And there was world. He had a plan. He had a schedule in the morning and the evening was the first day. And he saw that it was good. Right. And so he showed us from the beginning of the opening that there's a beginning to things that he starts. And there's a, a, a process toward accomplishing these things. You look and you'll see processes all the way through the, the whole of scripture. Okay. So once we start taking gold seriously and, t- and hanging on to them until we succeed them, one of the things that come along with new goals is new stress. That's right. New stress. <laughs> See, one of the, um, one of the key benefits of becoming clear about your goals is that you reduce the potential for stress. See, now you know that your objective, that now that you know what your objectives are, you'll experience less stress about where to focus your attention when times of trouble because you can see some places to be prepared, you know? The, the nature of a crisis means that you'll be drawing on your physical and mental resource to get yourself and your team or your church through it. And there's no doubt that, man, that managing during stress, a crisis involves increased stress. If you tend to get stressed, when little things happen, you need to learn how to handle it much better because there's big things ahead in your life that can break you if you're not uh, prepared to handle the stress of the matter. And you don't have to do it yourself. You know, to keep yourself balanced, remind yourself that you're resilient, that you have ample resources to deal with any situations. Remember, though, that you also have limitations. So do prioritize, delegate, or ask for help. Remember, when it comes to stress, it's, there's some ze- very severe health problems that go along with it, and in extreme cases, even death. So while some of the techniques we talk about have shown to have a positive effect on reducing stress, there for guidance only. You should take the advice of a suitably qualified health professional if you're feeling unwell through stress or significantly or persistently unhappy or depressed, all right? There are people whose specialty is doing that, loving Christians who are in the field too, so do do that until you get to see somebody though i find that built up stress um happens by keeping things internally and not really um letting things out so one of the ways especially if you have trust issues that you can get it out of yourself is believe it or not just keeping what i'd call for this uh segment a stress diary so you know what stress is like most people we've experienced it often enough right But have you ever tried to pinpoint the situations that make you feel the most stressed and kind of like know what they are 
and develop a plan to deal with them when they come because they are coming. <laughs> See, this is when keeping a stress diary can be a good idea. You record the stresses that you experience as you experience them so that you can analyze the causes, identify your optimum level of pressure, and see where you need to improve your stress management skills. This gives you the capacity to deal with a crisis when it occurs without it completely melting you down. The essence of resilience is that after it's all said and done, you're still the last man standing. Take, take some time, seriously, take some time in between now and next week and, and reflect on incidents that have caused you a lot of stress, why they happened, how well you handled them and how you feel. Write your thoughts on a paper with columns um, whichever way you want to set it up, your diary, day, time, episode, whatever, and start analyzing your di diary after you've got a several days worth of entries. Um, first, identify your most common stressors and the most unpleasant ones and the consistent ones that come along all the time. What's their causes, right? Work through their causes to assess how you well you dealt with them. Or maybe you're not dealing with them is the problem. You need to just address it and get it out of the way. No stress, no more, because it's not there anymore. And I think that using this diary has helped me to find patterns or repeated problems that I need to fix. So I try brainstorming ways that I can change these situations for the better, especially since they're constantly happening. I must be responsible for some of it. And so I'm going to find the part I'm responsible for and do something about it. It's also worth um, sometimes the reason why we have so much stress is because we put like a, a black and white on every situation when there's something called a middle ground where you can like kind of just say, OK, this is where I'm willing to settle for right here. You know, it doesn't have to get fixed all the way or it doesn't have to get super duper, you know, done um, but right here in this middle ground right here, I can accept it. And from this place, I can come up with other ideas. I don't feel any stress. I think I can move forward from here, right? This is for those places where you felt under pressure, but managed to perform well in the midst of it. And you'll find out more about the relationship between pressure and stress um, a little later when I talk to you about that, okay? All right. So getting getting, getting um, kind of forward with, with this uh, teaching here, um, along with keeping... And these are some of the things that, that I exercised myself in dealing with the stressful couple of months that just went past. I mean, everything that I'm saying to you now are tools that I use to get through these past couple of ooh, very painful, physically, emotionally, psychologically, um, you know, healing from this uh, fracture pelvis. So not just keeping like a diary, but kind of like even more so if you want to go a little bit deeper into it, like an activity log. Now, what's cool about these things is that everybody has a cell phone and everybody has this note taker on it. And that's the space you can use for these things. You know, um, since you use your phone all day and it's with you all day, it's a good place to keep the things that you want to remind yourself that you're working on. Remember, intentionality is what's extremely important because the things that I'm talking to you about, the truth is that you've heard them before. I'm not saying anything new because it's nothing new under the sun and some of the tips and uh you know uh tips and systems and and operation operatives that i've given you to use and to apply you've heard them before but what the problem has been is that you've never stuck with it long enough for it to stop being what you do and start being who you are you, you hear what i'm saying that you stop these things being what you do and they become who you are instead of the you know i'm trying to you know be a better organized person. No, I now am an organized person. I'm not doing 
organization. I am organized, right? We want to get to that place. All right. So keeping an activity log, like a written record of how you use your time, um, is something that I challenge you to do too. You know, when you build up an accurate picture of what you do at work, how you spend your time, you can target your efforts where they're most needed. Because at the end of the day, we all need more time. And unfortunately, there's no more time available. You know, the 24 hours that we wake up with, that's the day. You're not going to get an extension on the hours. It'll all have to transpire into another day. One day at a time is all that we have. And some of us need to even break it down and see that we only have moments uh, throughout the day. Right. So the reason for putting down this um, this uh, action log is so that you can identify low value and non core activities and keep them to a minimum. Or eliminate them completely so that you can create the time and capacity to deal with problems without becoming completely overwhelmed by them because there's so many little other things that we just didn't take care of. It's simple to keep an activity log. Just make a start with with one on the on the next page uh, on a notebook in front. You're noting the date and time of each activity. Say that I'm writing down. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to the A game. Um, and then whatever you do the next hour and just for two three days, just write down. Every couple of hours, sit down and fill in what you did for those hours with no no analyzing, no nothing. But then at the end of the week, you stop back and look at that list and it'll show you a lot of places where you waste time, um, where you need where things that you could be prepared yourself for better. Um, you can do it. You know, let's say you wasted a half an hour, 45 minutes or three hours of the day on minor things that you could like that had nothing, didn't help you in any way and didn't help anybody else. Right. And. But you need to sit down and you need to do something really important, like put together a, a plan for your family to how to deal with um, if we pass away. Right now, that's serious. That's, that's something serious that most of us really put off. Um, and we could say we don't have time to do it. But the thing is, when you run out of time to do it, that's the worst time because it's needed way before that. Right. And, and it's not something that all of us look forward to, but it's something that's necessary and gives our family resilience. Right. So we have to choose to use those wasted moments when we see them on paper and become willing to take the actions necessary to use those same time because all the time you have. But direct that time intentionally to doing something that helps to perpetuate the success, the self-control, um, the, the purpose that you have for yourself. But it has to be intentional. No one's going to come along and remind you unless you hire me as a coach, um, I'll do that, right? Um, come along and remind you that you've got goals. Remind you that in spite of what's going on today, you still have to put in work for what you need to get done. That yes, it, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy and you're not going to really like this step that you have to take. But if you don't take this step, you're not going to get to the next step or to the next level, right? So by doing that, analyze your activity log every few days. This will allow you to identify your low value activities that you can eliminate or delegate, minimizing the amount of time you spend on personal tasks and identify the times of day when your energy level are the highest and put your priorities in that time frame, right? I'm a, I'm a morning person. So between six o'clock and 12 o'clock is my optimum time to get things done. It starts, I start losing energy and focus as the day goes on. Um, I'm, I can, I, I'm also a late, late night person, like from, from t- midnight until four in the morning is a good time for me to work. So there's that middle time of the, of the afternoon, let's say, say from four o'clock to 12 o'clock where I'm really like, at my lowest, but I might still have work to do or things to do, but I want to put my low energy things in those hours so that I have the energy to do them and I don't feel overwhelmed. All right. 
Okay, so en enough about that. Um, it's just that sometimes, you know, there's these little things that we're thinking like we've got this big problem, but there's so many little things that we can do to help to alleviate them. It's, it's the, the fact that we don't take the time to do them, but we take more time complaining about them when that same time could have been spent doing something about it so you don't have to complain about them anymore, right? Uh, I don't know. Self-confidence is something that gets built up. You can't, because you have to be, we, I don't want to say you have to be confident. I think that there's things in your life that you should be confident in yourself about, you know, because God brings us to a place of confidence in our future, right? We should have great confidence in God's promises for our future and walk accordingly. It's a key factor in developing resilience. Confident people are sure of their strengths and they believe in themselves while not putting anybody down and looking to utilize the strength of others around them right? They recognize and take pride in having achieved their goals and believe in their ability to repeat their past successes. This frees them to take risks and to cope with setbacks, knowing that they're going to succeed eventually. If I keep on going, that's something got to give and it ain't going to be me, right? Applauding your achievements will give you abuse too. You know, so many times and the world around us does that too, kind of like you only get attention when you mess up, right? You're only going to be on the front news page of the news if you did something really wicked, really crazy. When you do something really really, really, really good. That'll really make the front page news, if any page at all. See, so they put this list up that you made of your, of those different actions that you take, take a look and say, okay, this is my time wasting time here. And I want to take this time that I, I want to go to school and I want to learn this. So there's a class I can take this only two hours a night. I've been wasting three hours a night on TV. So I'm going to shrink that down and only do an hour of TV and take these two hours to study that. And this will give you resiliency because it'll be forward momentum. You'll be building yourself up in an area of your life that if you don't pay attention to, you're going to need help in and there ain't going to be no help there, right? That's the thing. You're going to need help in the, and, and it's not going to be there because you didn't properly prepare yourself for it while the time to prepare was there, right? Okay. A couple more videos. I want to talk about this one more um, aspect because there's a lot. There's a lot, but I'm going to, that's why I said I'll split this down into a couple of weeks that I'm talking about, you know. Um, so if your self-confidence is high and you have strong self-belief and you're checking your view of the crisis, you're ready on your way to being very resilient, right? So now it's time to examine your thinking along the way. Remember, the M in game is for mentality, how we think. And sometimes we can be unreasonably harsh or negative in the way that we talk to ourselves. And this makes us less resilient to the ups and downs of daily life. Why? Because nobody talks with you as much as you talk to yourself. And what you say to yourself, you understand and believe. And some of us, me included, have given ourselves these negative, these negative, negative messages about ourselves, about our purpose, about our existence that are so untrue, but we live by them in such a way that they actually hold us back from being all that we can be, right? Um, there's this, this, there's this internal um, critical chatterbox of negativity that can sabotage us if we don't keep it under control. We'll always be our own worst critic. We'll always see the flaws in what we didn't do. You ever do something then at the end of it, look back and say, man, I forgot I should have said this, I should have said that. You know, I do a lot of public speaking and one day I was very nervous um, because of the group that I was talking to. It was in an area that I wasn't as an expert as I needed to be to talk to the um, magnitude of the people in the room and I felt a little 
uh, lack of confidence in being able to really deliver. But somebody told me, hey, listen, when you're talking, you're the only one who knows if you made a mistake. They'll never know if you don't tell them. To you, you made a mistake because you have this expectation. But to them, everything was going on business as usual, right? So self-confidence is, is, is a mindset. So it's, it's time to examine our thinking. And sometimes we could be un, unreasonably, unreasonably harsh or negative in the way we talk to ourselves. And this makes us less resilient, as I said, right? So just say, for instance, at a job, you're handing a report into your boss and you get a message to see her urgently. You could jump to the conclusion that she's not happy and that you're in trouble. And however, now you're all stressed out, you're pacing up and down, your heartbeat is racing, you're chewing off your fingernails, right? And however, this may not be the case. Perhaps she's satisfied with the report, but has just discovered some statistics that she'd like you to include or give you another project since you did so well on that, right? And so we have to understand that we can't pre-stress, you know, ourselves out for things um, that we fear the worst when really we can also prepare ourselves to expect the best, right? And if the worst happens, hey, that just comes along with it. But it's a 50-50 chance either way. Negative thoughts like these, they damage your confidence, they harm your performance, and they paralyze your mental skills. And they're usually due to these things. Let me say these these few things before I get off the air with you for this session. Don't forget, part four will be next week and part one or two on Spotify, right? But listen next week for the live show on Sunday. So feelings of inadequacy. These are things that that we have to check on, right? Just just write these three or four things down. Feelings of inadequacy. Did you, did you have the training, experience, or resources that you needed to do the task? If not, the way to to be adequate is to get the training, right? Do you worry about your performance? Did you have the necessary information and resources? Had you planned and prepared thoroughly, right? There's problems with issues outside your control. And do you think through and manage all the likely risks and contingencies appropriately? And also know like who handles this around here? If it comes to me as a problem that I can't handle who handles this around here, right? Um, somebody there might be somebody in your household that handles um, dealing with the bills better. There might be someone at your job that's better at uh, making phone calls to angry clients and stuff. You know, so one of the things that that we have to understand that we don't need to have is um, worrying about people's reactions to anything that we do unless we're, you know, definitely trying to cause harm. But, you know, as long as you know that you did the best that you could in the circumstances, then, hey, that person's going to make a mistake that they're going to feel like they did their worst and they're going to need your support to say, hey, remember that time I messed up? It was all good. We're still here, right? Okay. So, it's a, a, the, a thought is just that, a thought, and it's not a reality. Thinking more positively can change your perception, your feelings, and ultimately your behavior. So let's banish negative thinking, and you can do that in this moment right now, for there's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. I think that's from Hamlet. William Shakespeare said it, and so that's a good saying from William Shakespeare. Here's a good saying from me. Be blessed intentionally, right? Eddie, love you. Thank you so much for giving me the platform to use. I hope that the listeners are constantly being uh, challenged um, in uh, that they actually enjoy, you know, listening to us here at the A-Game. And I'm looking forward to the new year coming up with a, a new format that I want to use. But um, I'm, I'm thankful for all of you here and we're in this holiday season. Enjoy it. Remember, be blessed intentionally. You're already blessed. Just do it on purpose. Ain't no stopping it now. And believe it or not, the best 
best is yet to come. It actually gets better. All right. So thank you once again so much for all that you have done um, and for supporting us in this show. And we look forward to taking the time to um, actually experience that a little bit more later. Here we go.